Hello, everyone. I'm Blaine Gilmer. Welcome into Southeastern 14, where we daily are covering SEC sports, football, baseball, basketball. It's all right here. Right now, we're kind of all in on football as we're making the approach right here. We're trying to we're trying to land that off-season plane and really get deboard onto that vacation island, which is college football season. We are so excited about the start of the season and I tell you who ought to be really excited about the season is those guys up in Rocky Top the Tennessee Volunteers yes uh, make no mistake about it we've had predictions come out here we are all still officially predicting okay that Georgia will continue form and control the SEC East once again this year they are defending back-to-back national champions, but you cannot discount that the team that right now, with it, according to Vegas and also according to if you just if you just look at it and you take uh, just surface level, look at the roster, look at look at what the schedule plays out in terms of late in the year versus Georgia, things of that nature. The Tennessee Volunteers have a legitimate shot to dethrone Georgia in the SEC East now. What we're going to look at today is how does that happen? How does the how do the Tennessee Volunteers become the SEC East representative in the SEC Championship game? And then who would they possibly match up against as they would have already faced Alabama at Alabama? Would it be a rematch? Uh, would they get the defending SEC West champions in LSU? Uh, would it be a rematch with Texas A&M? Does Arkansas sneak in there? There are so many questions on the West this year. It is just totally going to be an absolute slugfest over there. But really, Georgia, Tennessee, kind of that main contender. Does somebody like like Kentucky or Missouri or South Carolina try to make noise in the East? Probably not as likely, but we're going to dive into it right here. So make sure you like, subscribe, turn on notifications as we're covering all things SEC. So the Tennessee Volunteers in 2023, one reason that they can win the East is because they have a system under Josh Heupel that is just so dadgum difficult to defend, okay? Uh, The way that they were able to spread teams out and just eviscerate through on the ground and through the air and it really didn't matter who was in there at times. Okay, Hendon Hooker had a tremendous season, but Joe Milton came in there and did his thing, which is why a lot of people are very excited about the prospects of Joe Milton, who can you know sling it 90 yards down the field. No exaggeration. Has probably the biggest arm I've ever seen in college football. The thing about Joe Milton is can he – complete the process uh, back in that old baseball movie for the love of the game can he clear the mechanism every time each play and come in and focus and make sure that he is in the moment operating within the system for Josh Hypo because that system is deadly enough and he has weapons uh, yeah sure they they really are losing two great ones as you can see right now in NFL camps Jalen Hyde is absolutely tearing it up in New York Giants camp and Cedric Tillman uh, who got drafted by the by the Browns? Randy Moss. Randy Moss 
NFL legend Randy Moss, maybe the greatest wide receiver of all time, him and Jerry Rice kind of battling out for that. Randy Moss says that Cedric Tillman is the best wide receiver to come into the NFL in a long, long time, maybe the last 15 years. So he's very high on him. So don't mistake it that Tennessee lost a ton of talent uh, at the wide receiver position. Yet they still have quite a talented room there, maybe not just as proven of a room, but definitely a talented room. We saw Ramel Keaton make big plays last year uh, with Tillman out. Um, also, Squirrel White has been able to, you know, use his tremendous speed to burn people. And now they bring Deontay Thornton, who reportedly, uh, I'd have to see it firsthand, reportedly has hit 24 miles per hour on GPS. And if so, that is uh, that is unbelievable. That young man can absolutely fight transfer from Oregon. Of course, we know Brew McCoy is going to be their physical wide receiver. I think Brew McCoy. Uh, you know, he's not a guy that I would call a game breaker, but at 6'3", 220, he's the type of guy that he can be that that change, chain mover, can make contested catches, can use his physicality and his leadership to really help guide this Tennessee offense. And, of course, we know they're talented at running back. Jabari Small and Jalen Wright. So the point of all that saying is with an experienced offensive line, I mean, you look across this offensive line, senior, 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 senior. All these guys are back, Jacob Warren, senior. So the experience is there. The continuity on on the staff, yes, I know that they lost Golish to USF, but really the system is Josh Heupel's system, uh, and he's going to get Joey Halsey in there, you know, I think they'll they'll be just fine uh, as Halsey was around the team last year. Uh, I think they'll kind of share the play calling duties a little bit. Heupel is just a mad scientist, so to speak. He comes from that Mike Leach tree. Now he does things totally uh, in a different vein than that. But that creativity, um, the the ability to think outside the box, you can definitely see the influence of Leach there. And in, in terms of hey. Um, we're going to, we're going to use all the grass on the field. We're going to give our players a distinct advantage and we're not going to care if it's different than how other people do it. Now, like I said, it's very differently done than Mike Leach's air raid in terms of the principles of it, but the, the foundations of, Hey, why not do something different? Why not make ourselves distinct on the offensive side of the ball? You can see it there. I failed to mention Dylan Sampson at, at running back as well with Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. So, Experience, continuity, explosiveness, those are the reasons that this offense is going to be so viable. And then defensively, man, they're, they're, they're an old group this year. They've got a lot of juniors and seniors sprinkled across that starting lineup. You have guys that are going to be able to you know, create havoc up front. I think Tyler Barron is, is set to have a, a big year. It's his senior year coming there for Tennessee. Uh, same thing with Amara Thomas. These guys are, they've been around. Aaron Beasley at the middle linebacker position. He's, he's a leader there, and he knows what kind of the standard is to raise that Tennessee. He's seen the guys go before him, and now he's ready to help raise it to another level. They held people to 22 points a game last year. Can they get that number down more to like 20, 19 points a game to get more towards that even elite, more elite level of defense? 
we all know that there were the lapses last year against against Georgia, the laps against uh, against South Carolina, where things just totally went off the rails. They have some injuries on the back end here early, some small minor tweaks where guys are out, but I think everybody should get to be full speed. Um, you got Danico Slaughter, who will be full time at corner now this year. He really he really showed out there. You got Warren Burrell coming back from injury. So everything lines up in terms of the depth on offense and defense. Now, when you talk about the schedule, they should be 5-0, and no doubt about it, going through those first five games. Virginia, Austin P, Florida, UTSA, and South Carolina. In fact, I would argue that UTSA sandwiched in between going to Florida and coming home for South Carolina is arguably going to be the, the toughest game of those five. Um, I know people are high on South Carolina. I'm not. I just don't think South Carolina is going to be very good, but I do think UTSA is a very well-coached team by Jeff Trailer, and you just don't want that to be a letdown spot if you're Tennessee. Don't say, oh, well, this team – this is back-to-back conference USA champions. They have their quarterback back for a sixth year, um, and they have a ton of seniors on that team. They've they've went 22-5 and five over the last two years. So a team that knows how to win won't be daunted by the environment. So just make sure you don't – don't stub your toe there. Don't come out flat. Not saying they would lose, but that can de- kind of derail your momentum if you come out and you just hey, lay an egg and, and let that be a game in the fourth quarter, kind of like uh, Georgia did last year against Kent State. So it can happen to anybody, especially when it's a really good team like UTSA. But I think they'll be 5-0, and no doubt, going into that off week. And then the stretch of the season. I mean, this is – this stretch of – really six games is as hard as any team in the country will face Texas A&M at home. I think Texas A&M is going to be very good this year. I think this is the year that Jimbo, when he bringing in some help on the offensive side with Bobby Petrino, I think this is the year they turn it around, but coming to Knoxville is tough for them, especially let's see who they played the, the week before. Oh, they're playing Alabama the week before. So, advantage Tennessee. Even they have a bye week before Texas A&M, and Texas A&M has to play Alabama the week before. So, that bodes well for Tennessee. Even though it's a very tough team to play, they get them at home, and they get them coming off a bye, and they get them with Texas A&M just having played Alabama. So, that is a big deal. Alabama, uh, they have to go – to Alabama after the Texas A&M game. We know that Alabama's got that one circled, but does Alabama have the firepower to keep up with Tennessee this year? It's going to be a different Alabama team. They've said they want to go back more towards the bully ball style of things. Uh, quarterback's a little uncertain, so they want to be able to turn turn around, hand the ball off, be able to run the ball down your throat, play elite defense. They've supposedly gotten a lot better in the secondary. We'll see. Um, but Tennessee going to Alabama, then on the road again to Kentucky. The thing that you got to worry about there is the physicality of back-to-back-to-back between Texas A&M, Alabama, and Kentucky because Kentucky will be a physical football team. UConn, you know, listen, it can be – Tennessee should boat race them, but Jim Mora, Jr., NF, former NFL head coach, has that program kind of coming on the ascent there. They're trying to get back to respectability. You just can't have a letdown between two SEC matchups. And then at Missouri, weird things happen in Como. 
Georgia almost lost to them at Missouri last year and then the matchup with Georgia. Make sure you don't look past that Columbia matchup to get to that big matchup, which could be that SEC East title game there with Georgia coming to Knoxville November 18th. So schedule-wise, they're better than all the five teams that they played the first five games. They get Texas A&M at home coming off a bye with Texas A&M just having played Alabama. Alabama, that that game at Alabama is going to be difficult. You follow that up with a game at Kentucky. Then you got UConn and at Missouri. My thoughts are, if you can find a way to get through those first 10 games with just one loss, with just one, one or none, and I think that's totally plausible for Tennessee, then that game is for all the marbles. And because they would hold the tiebreaker over Georgia if they if they beat them. And the facts are for Georgia that at that point in time, they will that that'll probably be the toughest road test other than maybe at Auburn. Auburn's a, a really tough environment, but I don't think you can get any tougher of an environment than Neyland Stadium, especially with the talent that Tennessee has compared to what Auburn has right now in their program. That's going to be the toughest challenge for Carson Beck, or whether at that point it's Gunnar Stockton or Brock Vandergriff, whoever the quarterback is, that's going to be the toughest environment they've ever walked into to play a game in their life. And you know that the Neyland, I mean, just look at the checkerboard behind me there on the screen. You know that that environment is going to be absolutely rocking uh, and is going to be a tough one to to play in. Georgia has, uh, you know, has some new guys that are breaking in uh, in the secondary over there, especially at the corner position. So it could be. It could be the year, and those are the reasons why for Tennessee. Now, I think in order for that to happen, realistically, that's all the good for Tennessee. Realistically, you have to see Joe Milton play consistent football, which he has not done over his career if you look at being a a starter. he is Anytime he's been a starter, he's not finished the season as a starter. So can he play consistent football over, over that time? Can they get better defensively on stopping the run in big games? Uh, they, they generally stop most of the teams, but in some of those big games, they let people break off some big runs, and they gave up a lot of explosive plays through the air, need to cut down some of those defensively. They can get better at just a couple of those things. Like I said, maybe take that average of allowing people to score 22 points a game down to uh, you know 20, 20, the low 21s, maybe the high 20s, just – just that right there alone is going to help make that offense that much dangerous because I don't think, you know, you may be able to hold them down, but not many people are going to be able to hold them down underneath 20 points like Georgia did last year. Generally, you're looking at Tennessee's going to score at least, you know, 27, 30 points in a game. So if they can if they can make sure that they they keep that average down a little bit lower they, they're a little bit more consistent in stopping explosive plays. Those are the reasons why Tennessee could win the SEC East this year. Let us know your thoughts. Give us your comments. Subscribe, like, turn on notifications, and we'll catch you guys right here for some more daily coverage of SEC sports, including all things SEC football-related here in the 2023 season 
and even going beyond that when next year we become southeastern 16 with texas and oklahoma coming in for everybody at the southeastern 14 i am blaine gilmer and we'll catch you guys next time to talk more sec ball for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done